Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany, and we're kind of doing an impromptu episode, and by we, I mean I am joined again with my brother, Denzel. You want to say hi to the folks? What's up? How y'all doing? All right, there you go. We're going to keep it simple. Um, This one may be a short one, just depending on how this goes, and my brother is basically going to be sharpening a, kn- sharpening a knife. And speaking of sharpening a knife, we are here, you can hear it into the thing, Benzo. <laughs> and speaking of sharpening knives, we're going to talk about Halloween Kills and the hilarity that was Halloween Kills. Dun, 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 dun. What, how, what was it? I, I can't remember how the song went or like how to start the song. The piano. Yeah, I, I know. Wherever, how it goes. All right. Okay. So... Halloween Kills, I believe, came out what, like the 27th, I think, on Peacock TV? It came out the 15th? 15th. Okay, well, you would know better. So, to give a bit of a background, my brother Denzel is like a big fan of the like slasher, the OG slashers from the 80s, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween. Denzel's more of a fan of like the old school slasher films of the eighties, kind of like when they were re- like when they were getting their start, basically. So he's a big fan of that. I recently just started watching um, the Halloween series. Uh, shout out real quick to Dead Meat, the YouTube channel that does the kill counts for um, horror movies. So I had to do a bit of a refresher on like the Halloween series because I'm not really familiar. With it, because I never really watched all of the OG, like, slashers as he's nodding and shaking his head in disapproval. Hey, I, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of, like, the newer... Like, for me, when it comes to horror, I'm a bigger fan of, like, the supernatural horror, if anything. I'm a fan of the classics. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, slasher films. I like films like Jaws, The Relic, um, Alien, Predators, anything horror-related. The Thing. Thing, I think it's my favorite movie, yeah. Except on the last podcast, yeah. But with me, I'm more of a Denzel's more of an old school, like the thrillers and the slashers. Like I already said, I'm a fan of the supernatural because I like I like a good story. But apparently, according to Halloween Kills, because Halloween that came out in like 2018 retcons basically everything, so now it's the true sequel following the 1978. Halloween movie that came out. So it basically retcons all of the movies like H2O, Halloween 20 years later, the curse, uh, no, yeah, the curse of Michael Myers, season of the witch, like the second, the second, it basically, even Halloween, I think resurrection as well. They retcon that they don't include the Rob Zombie, uh, Halloween as well. Those two movies, this is basically just a restart. It's like, Hey, Whatever happened after 1978 did not happen. But they, you do see a bit of some Easter eggs in Halloween Kills. So right off the bat, let's just get started. For those who are like, because I know this movie was like met with like some, not, I'm not going to get into like the so-called controversy about the film. I'm just mostly going to focus on the fact that, you know, this was like mixed reviews. Some people liked it. Some people didn't too much like it. Um, I, for one, really enjoyed this movie because of the sheer ridiculous nature of this film. What about you? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story because um, 
like I said before, I saw basically all the Halloween movies except for like the fourth and fifth one. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a good story right. from the from the uh, original movie. Yeah. Yeah, the, the way how they tie it in and like they bring back all the the old characters that you really forgot about. Mm-hmm. They're bringing them back, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah. So I'm just gonna. You, you can respond or not, but uh, for me, I got to say, there are three points in this movie that made me go like, what the actual hell is going on with this film? So one of them is... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Let me... I'm going to put that in the description as well, and I'm going to put that when I post and uh, start promoting this podcast episode. Big spoiler alert. So for me, it has, it has to be the beginning. So... The yeah, you're already laughing. So, for me, so I didn't watch Halloween, so I watched the kill count for it. So the movie basically picks up with Lori, Karen, and Allison. They're on the back of a truck, and they're like trying to get to safety. And they're basically Lori's screaming from the truck, "Let it burn! Let it burn! Let him burn!" So, because basically you leave off with the fact that Lori's house is on fire. And she wants the house to burn because they know if they don't let it burn, he's going to probably live. So Michael Myers is like left in Lori's basement. She causes it to be set on fire, right? So already you don't see his body anywhere. The firefighters come. They're going to try and like um, uh, extinguish the fire, basically. Here's the part that really got my goat. The fact that Michael was smart enough to find a hidden door. And instead of dying of smoke in inhalation, he basically goes and hides in this like contrapment, this like trap door, basically, to cause himself from not dying. So you got the firefighters trying to put out the fire. One of them falls due to structural damage because of the fire. Michael's big ass comes out of that damn shuttered room that I didn't even know was even there. And just kills the dude. He's calling for help. He kills him right then and there. I'm like, oh shit. Now, here's a bit of a backstory. Michael, when this came out in 1978, was 21 in 1978 when all this stuff was happening. Then you fast forward 40 years and he's now 61 years old. Here's the part that really made me go like, this man ain't human. This this isn't a human. This is This don't make no sense. I don't move this well. At 27 years old. How the hell is Michael moving this damn well. And killing these people. At 61 years old. I yeah, freak- Killing firefighters in their prime. Mind you. Killing firefighters in their damn prime. I was so like. He gets up out that damn house. Because this guy. Pull, he puts his hand into the hole. Because he's trying to find the other firefighter. Who Michael already killed mind you. He puts his hand in the hole and he's trying to pull him up. Michael brings his ass down and then kills him. Then gets his big gargantuan ass out of that hole and is walking outside the house. He, this other firefighter. Now, this guy, I think Michael has an axe. I want to say. No, it's, um, what are they called? It's like a prying tool. It's something like that. Galligan. Yeah, he has that. And Michael... Has it in his hand, and he's walking towards this dude who's spraying this water at him. And Naomi told me that this is like a high-pressured fire hose, oh, yeah. so this could prefer like perforate or something like that. It could puncture an eardrum. And Michael is just walking through it like he's in the shower. 
So then he takes the weapon, he stabs it in home dude's eye, then proceeds to kill the hell out of like, what, 11 firefighters? 11. These are dudes who are trained to carry this equipment, these heavy ass, like, fire resistant clothing. He just took him out like he was just, like, he just took him out like he was just taking out the trash. This man is 61 years old, then already got shot in the face. They got his hand sliced, 61 years old, fatally wounded, and just got up. Suffered what, third degree burns? Suffered almost third degree freaking burns. You know what, screw it. I'm going to start cursing on this thing because we can curse on this. Started, it got fucking third degree burns. And just was like, I'm just going to kill these 11, you know, firefighters who are trained with this heavy ass equipment on and just kill all of them. That was like, Lord. There are a number of flies in this way, man. You just, just swung them all down. It just didn't make any sense to me. Like, at all. And I'm watching this with you, just in amazement. Like, did he just kill these 20, 30-something-year-old firefighters? Yeah, I, I legit watched that movie, like, three times. It was it was that damn good. I was like, oh, my God. So, that was one. So, then you fast-forward. They're all in the hospital. They're all assuming that Michael's dead and everything. You go to the bar and everything. I'm not going to sit here and go over the whole movie. I'm just going to go over like a couple of key parts that had me going like, this movie is ridiculous in a good way. This was like, I kind of explained it to Naomi. I was like, this is like malignant, but like, because malignant was ridiculous, but in a good way. This is ridiculous in a good way. Yeah, I thought it was just. Out of all the Halloween movies I've seen, Halloween Kills has to be the best one so far. Right. Because it was completely different from all the other films. You had Michael Myers stalking around, killing innocent victims, and people were just in disbelief. Like, oh, the whole the whole horror movie trope. But this time, the whole town got rallied. Mm-hmm. They were hunting this man down. And he he just murked Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> It was unstoppable. He was un- he was unstoppable. He's he's pure evil, man. He- and that's the crazy thing about it, cause you can. And he- here was another thing. He didn't have a clear motive. No. There was no clear motive. We know Jason's motive was to avenge his mother, and revenge. then obviously, yeah, revenge is to avenge his mother, and then get revenge on these camp counselors, and then you you know what it is. Uh, Freddy's whole purpose was just to get revenge. I mean, we're not talking about the the remake version, obviously. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the original. The original one. The whole purpose of that was that this was a child murderer that got off because of the uh, judicial system, and then these pa- these parents took it upon themselves to rally together and kill this man, and now he wants revenge against those people that killed him. You obviously get. I mean. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? Uh, you, you might be right, but I'm trying to remember. Was he? He wasn't the 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 child molester. Uh, no, party. that was the that was the remake. That one. was only the remake. That was the remake. See, it wasn't until the remake version that they were like, "Oh no, he's not a child murderer. He's just a pedophile." Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, the original one, the Robert England one, he was just a child murderer. Okay. He just ran around killing kids. That was it. But, you know, uh, 
We're not talking about that one because that one's not technically... I don't consider that one canon because it's a full remake. Because, yeah, they, like, make a couple of, like, like remarks. Like, they kind of throw in a couple of, like, the OG lines and everything. But as far as I'm concerned, it's it's not the actual... It's not canon. Right. So, you have that. And then you have Chucky. Chucky's motive is he wants to get out of this toy body and go into an actual child's he body. Wants get, he wants to get a new body. Exactly. He has... Him. He has a motive for his murderous intent. Like fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was just a bunch of people that just randomly showed up. I think that was like more of a territorial thing. Like Exactly. But yeah. that's still a motive. And I feel like that's that goes for Jason too. It was more of a ter- he was more of a territorial killer. Right. You know, like if you go into his yard or to his camp, he just slaughters you. Exactly. But with Michael Myers, Michael Myers was just a six year old boy who killed his sister. Then ends up getting, then ends up in a mental institution, breaks out of the mental institution, goes on a killing spree, and then just hasn't been stopped yet in the past forty years. She's been sitting in a medical institution. I'm just standing there. <laughs> and that's the crazy thing about it. Like I, so I was watching um, Shutters, uh, Behind the Monsters. It's when they do. It's like a documentary series because you know I'm a big fan of documentaries and watching that type of stuff and then it's just a bunch of different people even john copper carpenter himself they even get the guy who's currently pa- playing um uh the original person that played michael myers i think it was nick castle and i believe they even interviewed the current person i think uh jade courtney or something uh yeah it's courtney i know his last name's courtney but they get him who's currently playing him and they're talking about, like, the difference between Michael Myers the man and the shape. Michael Myers is, like, the guy without the mask. Then you have the shape, who is this guy who's obviously just running around, killing, well, not running, slow walking, <laughs> and killing these people. And it's like, oh, and I made, like, a connection. It's like, with Michael Myers, whenever you try and see his actual face, you hardly ever see his face. You never see his face. You've seen jason's face a couple of times you hardly ever saw like the texas chainsaw massacre you never saw leatherface you never really see his face but whenever it comes to michael like throughout the movie when they were like showing that news bulletin and they showed him escaping and it went out of focus you never see his face i didn't realize that after the third time i watched it like damn they did blur his face they, they they went out of focus with his face because it's like you're meant to you're not meant to sympathize with Michael Myers the man because you're not supposed to sympathize with him because you don't know and the only thing you know is that he killed his sister when he was six years old and that was it mm-hmm. you don't know his feelings he never speaks you know he never really emotes anything all you hear is breathing and just him and you hardly ever see his eyes even all you see and all you hear. Oh, all you hear is breathing and footsteps. That's it. And that's what makes this character so interesting is the fact that this dude really doesn't have a motive. He's just out here killing people because he can. His only motive is to, what, kill and go home? Right. That's all it is. And that's what they, and then that's another thing they talked about in this movie, too. It was like, excuse me. Another thing they talked about in this movie was the fact that what always happens, he always comes home. He always comes home. No matter what happens, Michael Myers, the shape, will always come home. 
And it was crazy. And then so leading off of that, we go into the second part that was like my favorite part out of this movie. The freaking park. Oh, man. <laughs> the freaking park. All right. So you have Tommy Doyle, who's still alive, played by, uh, what's that dude's name? It's Michael something. Michael C. Hall, I think. It, it was that guy from the Breakfast Club movies back in that. Yeah, I think it was Michael C. Hall. So you have him playing Tommy Doyle. They get Lonnie Ellen back, Marion Chambers back, because apparently since everything's been retconned, she's still alive. So she didn't die in like what was it? Uh, it wasn't H two O. It was the fourth one, something like that. I don't remember. It was the one when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis had a son and he went to that boarding school. Uh, H two O. Oh, okay. So I was right. So um, I'm thinking Halloween Resurrection. Never mind. Uh, Resurrection was Buster Rhymes doing them martial arts kicks on my. <laughs> yeah. Only black men keep that man in the face and get little tell about it. Right. So, basically, you... So, Lonnie Ellum is still alive. Tommy Doyle is still alive. Uh, Lindsay... What was her name? Anyway, uh, Lindsay is still alive. And Marion Chambers is still alive. And every Halloween, they get together and they, you know, um, get drunk and, like, tell stories and remember those who have died. Remember... Um, they remember those guys because they're still alive. The, the victims and survivors. Exactly. Yeah. So basically what ends up happening, they're all at this bar and then you end up seeing the doctor and the nurse from the first movie and they meet up together. Now, it, it's, it, they were in um, Halloween 2018. Now, it's more, it, 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 oh, damn. the couple was from the, uh, the, the long take. Mm-hmm. So you see a doctor and nurse get into a car. The doctor runs back inside and it comes back. That's that couple. If right. You, if you didn't, if you missed it. Yeah. And if you're wondering where you where this couple came from, it, it was them. Yeah. So you end up, um, they're all at the bar and then the guy, the doc, the nurse actually is like, hey, can I buy you guys a drink? They're all together. And then all of a sudden it news ends up breaking that Michael Myers has escaped. Um, he's killed like 11 firefighters and... He's currently on the run. So now, because remember, the way Halloween is set up, and I love how this was set up, this all happens within the span of one night. So basically, it's kind of like, um, uh, it, it is like akin to like the original sequel back in like, what was it, 1981 or something like that? When the se- the sequel came out when Lori was in the hospital. You're talking about Halloween too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, um, in the beginning of Halloween 2... Uh, they basically recap what happens in the first in the first Halloween, and they they show you the events after uh, the Halloween. So Lori, Lori goes to the hospital. The police are searching for Michael Myers. Michael Myers is escaping, or like he's trying to escape, and he's just you know killing more people. Yeah. And so yeah. so they kind of do that again with Halloween Kills, which is which is cool. I like how they decided not to take that part completely out. I appreciate that. So. It's all happening within the same night. So while the house is burning, everyone, not everyone, but Lori, Karen, and Allison assume that he's dead. It turns out that he's not. Karen would rather not have Lori find out that he's still alive or anything. So she's trying to keep it hush-hush. But Allison knows he's still alive. Karen now knows he's still alive. And now everyone at the bar now knows he's still alive. And so, the hunt begins. Yeah, so 
basically they decide to Tommy Doyle is leading this revolt, this town revolt. Hey, we need to, you know, come together on this. All of us can beat this guy. He, you know, th- under that impression, you know, this is just a man. We can kill this dude. We can finally end this evil and the tagline evil dies tonight. Evil, evil dies, dies tonight. Come sir, saying that. Right. So they, you know, so together it's Lori Together, it's Lori, not Lori, um, it's Marion, the, the doctor and the nurse, uh, Lindsay, and Marion. They all get into a car, and they're, like, trying to warn people, get into your houses, lock your doors, uh, lock your doors, get in your houses, be safe, and just, you know, go home, go home. Mm-hmm. So, they wander into a park. And Lindsay gets out of her car, and it's the it's the scene from the trailer that they were releasing about uh, Halloween Kills. So what ends up happening is they go and confront these kids, and these were the the shitty annoying kids that were uh, annoying that couple in the in the Michael Myers home, basically trying to get all their candy and everything. So originally it's three of them; two of them are swinging on the swing. So they're like, oh, yeah, this dude, yeah, we're not scared. We're not scared. You know them kids. They're like, oh, we're not scared. I think, like, we're not scared. There's nothing that scares us, you know, just being shitty kids. So he's like, right, (laughs) as dad and Carrie would say, fuck them kids. So, like, um, what ends up happening next is they end up, uh, one of the kids is like, yeah, but we've been playing hide and seek with this guy in a mask. He just keeps kind of showing up and leaving and showing up and leaving. Uh, we think he's a pervert. His there were so they were like there he is. Hi, and then Lindsay automatically just freaks out and tells him to run, run, because he's holding the mask of one of the other kids who we assume has been killed off screen. Oh yeah, he was that boy dead. That dead child is dead. <laughs> so he's coming towards Lindsay, right? And obviously he's gonna go attack Lindsay. So what ends up happening next is Marion starts shooting at Michael. After Michael leaps, his old ass leaps on a on a right. truck or the van. So Michael is actually he it doesn't go to Lindsay first. He goes to the car because he's near the car. He's more near the car, so he jumps on top of the car, kind of similar to the way he did it when he first encountered Marion. Yeah, back in the yeah back right seventy eight. So back when he encountered Marion in nineteen seventy eight, he goes on the car, sort of freaks her out, and he goes to get her hand her head, and he's reaching in, he's kind of faking with him, because that's what he does. That's one thing I've also noticed. Whenever he's getting ready to kill people, he wants to make them so freaking scared. as he Like, shit their pants scared. And then he kills them. Because he, he, I feel like he wants to elicit such a fear out of people to the point where it's like, now I'm going to kill you. So he toys with his victims. And that's, that's another... Um... That's another line or quote from the movie as well. They're like, fear makes them stronger. Exactly. Cause to, quote, to quote, you know, Freddie and all that. Right. Because it's like, my God. Because I just noticed, like, as I was thinking about this movie. Um, actually, they said um, whenever somebody's in fear, the boogeyman wins. Right. Which is the same, you know, same thing. Fear makes them stronger. Yeah. Because it's like, it, it just dawned on me because... It just it just dawned on me like two days later because I was thinking I had saw this movie on Halloween. Go figure, and I'm legit still thinking about this movie because it's it's so ridiculous, but yet it's so fascinating to me to see how 
this man spent a good chunk of this movie. It was 22 minutes in and he killed those firefighters. He killed 11 people in under 22 minutes. Oh, he killed more He killed more people in that opening scene than any of his past movies. And it's like, this man is 61 years old hopping on this car. Pulled himself out of a hole in a burning house. And it's like, how are you not, how are you not, like, dead yet? Like, you got everybody and their mama searching for this one man. So, going back to the car part. So, he's playing, he's toying with them. Obviously, I think, what was it, Lindsay ran off, or I don't remember what Lindsay happened. Lindsay ran off to go get the kids out. Right. And then, um, as Michael was attacking the car, Lindsay got that bag with the bricks. Oh, right, right, right. So that's, bag, right? that's what happened. I totally forgot that's what happened. So, um, Marion? Yeah, Marion. Marion is basically shooting out that revolver. Once she loses ammo, um, Michael finally steps down, and then he enters the car. She tries to shoot him, but she's out of rounds. Uh-huh. So, Michael... Creeps into the car, which was actually terrifying when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Grown-ass nigga <laughs> calling up against you with a knife with a mask on. Uh-uh. And stabs the shit out of her. And as the doctor is sitting there in shock saying, oh, shit, what do I do? He tries to, spoiler alert, he tries to take his stethoscope. So, you're forgetting the part. So, his wife ends up getting oh, out of the car. Right. His wife leaves the car. With the gun, I think, to go get help. I don't know no, what she, she was doing. She tried, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what she was doing because Marion locked them in the car trying to shoot Michael. She kept missing. And then when she was right in the front of him and she could have easily did a headshot, she ran out of bullets. So then she finally, he finally kills Marion. Uh-huh. He finally kills Marion. So while he's killing Marion, the, the nurse ends up trying to get use the stethoscope. To strangle him, I'm going to let you tell it because this was your favorite part. And then that, that did not phase that man at all. He just turned his head, looked at him, and was like, what the fuck you doing? Without saying a word, stared into his eyes, and then stabbed him in the eye. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that kid was gnarly. Because I'm not going to lie. Sometimes with these movies, you expect some people to live. Like, I don't know why. Just a part of me felt like, oh, yeah, they're not going to die. They're not going to die. The nurse and the doctor. No. Bitch, no. He straight up looked at dude, like Denzel said, looked at that dude straight in his face and stabbed him right in the eye as he was being strangled with this stethoscope. And that's when it doesn't get it. And this is where, this is the part where we, I paused it and I couldn't stop laughing. I could not stop laughing. So, like we said, his wife, the doctor, is coming back, and she's shooting. It looks like a like a big-ass... desert eagle. Yeah, it's a desert eagle, and that's a big-ass gun for such a small, small woman to handle. So, she's shooting it, and she's missing. She's shooting the car at a long range and just missing and missing. So, Michael ducks down. She gets to the car door. And just like a damn weirdo, like, I don't know how he just, he kicks the door open. She, the door hits her in the hand, mind you, and she shoots herself. He timed it perfectly to where that gunshot, she, he knew she was going to shoot. He kicked the 
door open, hit her hand, and her hand jerked in a motion, and she shot herself in the neck. Now, uh, um, going back on that, he didn't duck. He just stood there. He didn't move. Michael did not move. The reason I, I, I believe, I strongly believe, the reason why she kept missing was because she kept walking towards him. She kept moving. Once you walk and shoot, your aim's gonna be completely off. But Michael did not move. He just stood there. He, he, he stared, sat there. This man, the way you make it sound, he just basically stared death in the face and was like, "Try me, bitch." Exactly. And once she got close enough, she tried to be a jank. She tried to be a gangster and one handed. Mm, no, nah. you you supposed to act, you you can't one hand. Uh-uh. Nah, <laughs> you can't do that gangster shit, man. I legit, I legit stood there. I was laying in bed watching this, and you were you were there too. I paused it for the sheer ridiculousness that I just witnessed. Man, that, that was funny as hell. Cause what else she failed to? I'm like, this broad did not just this man did not just kick the damn door. He kicked the door open to the point where it jerked her hand in such a motion that she shot herself. I was so aghast. I was agape. I could not believe what I just witnessed. Now, when you watch a horror movie, of course, the 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 kills are going to surprise you. Obviously. That completely shocked me. I did not see that coming. I didn't either. I don't know why. I thought he was going to throw a knife at her. I thought he was going to run over with the car or something. Or she was going to run out of ammo. This nigga kicked the door and the damn... And then the sheer physics of it all is just what really astounded me. Like the sheer physics of how he was able to kick a door open and then she just jerked her hand to shoot herself was just so utterly like, how in the hell does a a, a thing like this happen? That was crazy. I had to rewind that. (laughs) I, 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 I still to this day, I I'm picturing it over and over in my head, just what I witnessed. Like, it just was like a single jerking motion. So, that was the second part that really floored me. The first part, the firefighters. This, the second part, this second part was really what floored me. So, you fast forward. Lindsay, obviously, is trying to head him down, trying to do what she can. She can't, this Michael Myers, he, no, this is, I'm done calling him Michael Myers. This is the shape. When he has that mask on, this is the shape. The shape, legit. She's trying everything to break him down. He he was taking bricks to the face. Bricks to the face. I'm talking about poured cement bricks. This shit hurt. You can skin your knee on this. Man, back in the day, I had to carry a pile of bricks. That shit is heavy as hell. And he was taking them to the... He was ta- like, I get how she was strong enough because, you know, adrenaline makes you just like... Oh, yeah. you, you got yeah, the you. strength of 10 men... When you're like on adrenaline, you think you can take on the world. This woman, I get it. Fear and adrenaline. Of course, she's able to swing them bricks around and everything like that. But the crazy thing to me was the sheer fact that he was just taking them to the face. This is a 61-year-old man. It's like osteoporosis just doesn't exist in his world. He was just like taking bricks to the face. She runs off and she's hiding from him. And then he's like, all right, screw this. I ain't dealing with this. And she lives. She lives. But that was like, this man is 61 years old, taking bricks to the face. He, Two we, shots, man. It, it, it stuffled him. It ruffled him or whatever. But this, this man 
on a daily basis is just facing death. Like, like death is staring at a, death is like peeking behind a corner. And Michael Myers is just looking at death like, all right, try me, bitch. All right, try me. Kill me if you want. Because I'll be a worse person to deal with in hell than on this living earth. Try me, motherfucker. Y'all remember how, and I want to say the first four Friday the 13th films, Jason was a human. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't zombie. Zombie, Jason. right. Yeah, he wasn't zombie Jason. Now, Jason was on he had a pretty good uh kill streak mm-hmm. when he was alive. Now imagine zombie Michael Myers. How <laughs> this nigga will kill the whole damn town. <laughs> he will destroy everybody. Man, if Michael Myers had the powers of Jason, zombie Jason, oh my God. And then it's already bad enough this man will pop up in one place and then pop up in another place like like with the quickest of ease like you hardly ever hear this man coming like are you serious bro but anyway i digress so you felt so that was one part and i'm thinking of two other parts i was gonna have like three but right now it's four because it just astonishes me because i was talking about this one with naomi yesterday so you fast forward through all that, he's still on his killing spree, people are hunting him down, never mind that Laurie then found out he's still alive, um, Officer Hawkins is still alive. Man, I thought he was, I was so happy with, I was so happy with Hawkins survived. That's like, this man legit took, what, it was like, he sta- got stabbed in the neck? With a penknife, yeah, but that damn, that dumbass. Right, the, the Loomis, Loomis protege. Fake Loomis. Fake Loomis. That's not my Loomis. <laughs> That's not my Loomis. So, you you fast forward, Lori knows he's alive, and she's trying to get up out that hospital bed. Tells her, he's still alive, I'm the only one that can kill him, he's gonna come here and finish me off. And, Which is not the case at all. And uh, throughout the movie, I like how the flashbacks really put the story, they really connect the story from 78 mm-hmm. to now. And I really like that about the movie too. Yeah, because real quick, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but it's just whatever comes to my head. I have no script for this episode, so this is kind of just us talking about this movie. So, like, one of the flashbacks that you're mentioning was the fact that Hawkins had the opportunity to... Yeah, I know. We're getting into that. We're getting into that. That was... Actually, we're going to make this five for me for my moments. All right. So, you flashback to... What was it? Um... It's basically the aftermath. The cops are checking the house for Michael Myers and everything. Because uh, he's he's still in the house. He went back to his um, childhood home. So you get a young Hawkins, who's kind of a rookie, who's like hearing about how this guy... This is basically to the point where now everyone has figured out this man's already killed like three people in one night. I think it was four? It was either four or three. I can't remember. I I, for some strange... Okay, for... You say four, I say three. Let's go with that. So you get to um, that part. So they're checking the house and his partner notices the footprints of him looking out of Judith's window again. So he gets into a tussle and it's him and the shape and they get into a tussle. Uh, The shape is strangling his partner. Now, Hawkins... Looks this dude straight in the eye, and you already see his partner's almost dead. His his face was turning red. The shape was choking the crap out of this man. So in a, I feel like in the worst shot possible, he shoots his partner square in the neck. 
I'm like, this dude had such bad aim. He shot his own partner in the neck. He missed Michael completely. And I will give him credit. I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. He really didn't have a, like, a really good shot to begin with. And, like, Michael didn't even, like, jerk his partner in the way at all. He, he, it was just a bad shot. It was it, a bad it, shot. To be fair, to be fair, the, from my, the way I looked at it, he didn't really have a clear shot. He had to be a trick shot to get Michael square in the forehead. It had to be, like, something that a once we got curved the bullet. Right. Hawkins curved the bullet. Could you? Oh, my God. Well, I'm not kidding. But I digress. I digress. He shoots his partner in the neck. His command, his uh, higher up, his sergeant, whoever, his lieutenant. lieutenant, sergeant, whoever, his higher up was like, "Okay, we're just gonna, um, we're just gonna make this look like an accident." He accidentally shot himself. He I'm, shot himself. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what physics? What physics would like kind of explain how this man shot himself in the neck? Too, too many shots in the neck. This it, is too it, too many shots in the it, neck. It was funny as as we were watching this. Um, Brittany was like, how the hell, how can you explain him shooting himself right. in the neck? And I'm like, have him to the doctor. Right. He kicked the doctor. <laughs> I was like, how do you explain such physics? Especially back in 1978 when all they had would it look like six shooters. Revolvers. Right. It's just, bruh. Anyway, so, and then, um, what was it? Loomis was about ready to shoot Michael in the head. Mm-hmm. And then Hawkins stopped Loomis from shooting him in the head. And then Loomis, uh, Hawkins was like, this is all my fault. This is all my fault. All I thought looking at this man was like, he's somebody's baby boy. And now looking back on it, there's nothing there. I'm like, you dumbass motherfucker. You caused all this. That man was pure evil. He was pure evil back when he was six years old. He's pure evil now. <laughs> exactly. This man, ha- that's that's another thing. That's another thing. I get, like, so with the Universal Monsters, they kind of... They kind of made them like sympathetic, like you know, a villain with redeemable qualities. So, like um, like Leatherface. I don't know. If, I don't, you haven't seen Leatherface, right? Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, or the Leatherface movie. Leatherface is the origins of Leatherface. Right. That. Yeah. I think I saw. I think I saw the kill count. But wasn't that the one when they were trying to make him seem like like a like they they um they're in this mental institution. And they broke out because uh, mm-hmm. his Leatherface's mom, Leatherface's mom, were like, "No, he's part of the family. He has he has to stay with us." So she broke him out of jail, right? And then broke out basically all the insane kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. They go on this killing spree. They escape. Cops chasing them, and then you see Leatherface as the, uh, the sympathetic uh, character. Like, okay, right. he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to you know be nice, and you try you you're rooting for this kid, right? And then. Soon as he gets shot in the face, put on that damn mask. It's a whole different story, right? Because it's like I don't get why when it comes to these characters, I, like with my with most of these characters, especially like the Universal monsters, there's some redeemable quality about them, like Frankenstein. Well, yeah. Frankenstein's monster. Man. Like, there's a redeemable quality because he's just this guy who's just walking around. Like, every iteration, certain iterations, so like the Van Helsing version, um, the old school 1938 version, like even the one from Penny Dreadful. Like, you feel bad for these characters. To be fair, 
Frankenstein's monster did drown that girl. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, when it comes to certain horror movie villains, certain horror movie villains or certain villains and anything, they want to make them have a redeemable quality. Like Magneto. Like, you know Magneto's whole purpose was like, oh, yeah, yeah I grew up during the Holocaust and now I want to kill humans because they've tried to persecute me and my people and now I want to kill all of them. Like, yeah. I get that. The, the human shot... Oh. Sebastian was a human back then, back in World War Two, right? What? Uh, the guy, Sebastian, was he? Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Winter Soldier. No, no, not Winter Soldier. No, Sebastian was the the Nazi officer who killed Magneto's mom. Oh, I okay. You're you're gonna have to take the reins on this because I didn't watch the X Men Origins movie. Oh, Lord. But Lord. I know that back part of his backstory. Like you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Like when it comes to these characters. Hawkins tried to make it seem like Michael Myers was just this character, this flawed character with redeemable qualities. Right. The shape said, nah, son, I have no redeemable qualities. I kill people. And I was like, bro, like, really? You caused all this? You could have just, you could have saved us a whole bunch of crappy sequels and then this reboot. You really could have done all this. And this could, technically, if you really want to be technical, like the curse of Michael Myers should have been the end of it. I'm not too familiar with that one. That movie was so bad. I don't. I don't. It was either the Curse of Michael Myers or it was like Halloween 20, the one when they finally killed off Jamie Lee Curtis's character. They said that could have been the end of it. I think that was either the that sixth was Resurrection. I don't remember, but whichever one where Laurie finally dies, they said that could have been the one that mm. kills it, but they didn't decide to do that. But I digress. It's like, you get that. He's like, oh, I should have done this before. And then, like, of course, Lori's like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. He was just, a little, like, kind of sympathizing with him. But now here we are. So I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to get past, like, the part where the other escape mental patient, everyone assumes it's him and it's not. So they cause an innocent man's death. That was fucked up. That really was fucked up. I thought I was going to cry during that. But it just, it just made me feel really angry because it's like, Y'all don't even know what he looked like, and y'all just assuming it's him. Like yeah, he was ready to tear this man apart. You don't even know what he looked like, right? And I'm just, oh my god, these and, people are clueless. And then what Tommy said, like, you sure it's not him? How do you know he was wearing a mask? How do you know it's not him? I'm like, bro, bro, sir, sir, are we serious right now? Are we are we completely serious? Like this dude is like totally. If anything, it was the height. Like, are you serious? So he's basically. Turn this whole freaking town into an angry, crazed mob that are just sheep. Who, uh -huh. And man, it's just... It, it was out of fear. The whole town was scared. And that's what I liked about it, too. The It was completely different. Because you never seen the whole town rally just to stop them. And this was the result of it. They were just going crazy. It was pure chaos. Right. Michael Myers' masterpiece. It's just creating that, that sense of pure fear and chaos. Like, uh -huh. that's what he does. So, like, and he's really smart. So, I get where Man, he's very right. smart. He's very, very smart. So, I get, I can understand that. So, now we get to say, okay, so that was, like, one of the parts that was, like, I was, like, how is this possible? Explain the physics. How can this man shoot himself in the neck? <laughs> but I digress. So, then... We get to one of my favorite parts that just had me... It wasn't a favorite part. It just was like a realization. Like, how does this make sense? So, 
in the second movie, you find out that Allison's ex-boyfriend is Cameron, who's actually the son of Lonnie Ellum. So, Allison feeling like the whole, feeling like she needs to take charge because, you know, the shape killed her father and has been terrorizing her grandmother, causing them not to have a relationship. She's really starting to see the effect that the shape has had on her family for the past 40 years. So what ends up happening next, it's her, it's Lonnie, and it's uh, Cameron. They're in the car and they're trying to figure out where Michael is and they're trying to like piece together where his next move is. So they show up at the house of these two characters, Big John and Little John. Uh, they're um, a couple. So in the process of them looking for Michael Myers, they came to the realization that once he, uh, after he kills his victims, he goes straight home. He just goes straight home. Mm-hmm. And all his victims were in the pathway of his home. Mm-hmm. So that's when um, Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison go to the Myers house. Right. So uh, Big John and Little John are a couple, and they are currently residing in the Michael Myers house. Big John and Little John were also the couple that was played a prank on by the kids, the shitty, the, the shitty kids, basically claiming, oh, yeah, our friend ate one of your candy and it had a razor blade in it. Basically, that whole old Halloween, like, kind of trope parents tell their kids. And if, to, to be fair, uh, James and Janice pointed this out. That hardly ever happened. There are never any razor blades in candy. I mean, not, not nowadays. It probably was back before. No, no, there it, it wasn't. There never was. It was just something that people kind of made up just so I guess their kids could be safe or it was just something they warned their kids about. But there have been no reportable cases of kids actually getting razor blades in their Halloween candy. Because well, it's pretty obvious to see a razor blade in some food. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. So, basically, um, going back... You see that Big John and Lil John are obviously killed in the movie. So you get to that point. So Cameron, they, they figured out, they go to the house. Uh, Lonnie goes in first. You hear one gunshot. This is, this is, you're going to hear why I have a problem with this. You hear one gunshot. And then, uh, uh, I was about to say Courtney. <laughs> Cameron and Allison end up like getting the guns and getting ready to go into the house. Now, I can understand him having time to pose Big John and Little John into what their, their like, family couple photo looked like. Cause, but he got it wrong because it's Big John is supposed to be the one sitting up and Little John is supposed to have his head in his lap. I get that, but it was switched. But that was just a little small pet peeve of mine that I noticed. Here's the part that really got my goat. You mean to tell me he had between the gunshot going off and them getting the guns and going to the house. He had enough time to stuff Lonnie's father in that uh, no stuff Cameron's father in that damn attic. I mean, they did. You had enough time. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, for crazy. yelling. But seriously, you had enough time. I get it for Big John and Little John. I understand that. But you had enough time to stuff this boy's body, this boy's father in the attic between, like, how strong are you, sir? Like, I know you're tall, but this man, Lonnie looked like he was, like, at least a good 200 pounds. Like, at least a good, like, maybe heavier. Good 60. Good 260. 260, 
50, 240, whatever. This a grown ass man. You had enough time to stuff this man in an attic and these kids getting these guns and then having to go up the stairs. You had enough time between that gunshot to stuff this man up in the damn attic as big as he was. Like, how strong are you, sir? You're 61 years old. How do you not have back problems? And then he didn't make a sound either. He really didn't. He really didn't. Like, I get... I get... My hip and my lower back hurts when I stay in my bed for too long. And this man is taking bricks to the face. He's getting shot at. He's being stabbed, shot in the face, got bricks to the face, and you mean to tell me he's strong enough? And then on top of that, he had his hand wrapped. I'm pretty sure he's missing a finger. Yeah, because you didn't watch uh, Halloween 2018. In Halloween 2018, Lori actually shoots off some of Michael's fingers with a shotgun. And he still was able to stuff this man and this grown-ass man in a fucking attic. I'm like, make it make sense. Make it make sense. It's the timing for me. It's the timing and the fact that how heavy this man was. The timing and preparation. Exactly! The preparation! Like, you know how hard it would be. And this is just one man doing it. This is one man stuffing a grown-ass, fully grown-ass man into an attic. It's not so the his man. son could see it. It's not the man. It's the shape doing all this. It's the shape's doing all this work. And it's just, this. there's no supernatural part to it. There's nothing supernatural about the shape, honestly. And this man just put this other grown-ass, heavy-ass man and just stuffed him into the attic like he was a damn Christmas tree. It's like a freaking Christmas tree. I was like, Lord, this don't make no sense. And then, my, I, I'm sorry to say this, but my favorite part out that whole movie was when... When the shape fucked up camera. My God, man, that that oh Lord, he just was like he, and then he, got the he worst didn't. One. And then what made it so crazy? He didn't even kill him immediately. Nah. He didn't kill him immediately. He just was like, thr- like he was thrashing his neck around in that banister, just wham, just wham, and then just and then next thing you know, you see him. You can obviously see his neck is broken. He's drooling. There's like no there's no type of electricity going between his nerve endings and his skull. Like he is his spine was just gone. His spine <laughs> is a damn curly straw at this point. And then the fact he didn't even kill him immediately. He didn't he just bashed his head into that damn banister. Then on top of that, Allison is watching this. Yo, when when he when Michael when the shape <laughs> deflected that shotgun blast from Allison, grabbed her by the hair hair, and hit her head on that damn um staircase pole. What, what was that thing called? A banister. A banister, and then threw her ass down the stairs when she broke her knee. Yo, bruh, that <laughs> bruh, I felt that. And then and then she's watching. This boy that she cared about, that she loved, that she poured her feelings into, legit, basically been tortured and then killed. Then he snapped his neck. I'm like, bitch, this is this this is crazy. Now I'm gonna be honest with y'all. When watching Halloween 2018, watching when Cameron, you know, Cameron kissed some some other girl that night. That night. That night. 
and threw Allison's phone into the into a bowl of unsanitized cheese. Right. And then basically ruined the relationship. And then to see him come back and get a brutal ass kill like that, I didn't feel bad for the kid. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to say he deserved it, but good lord. <laughs> I was I was thoroughly entertained throughout this whole movie. The, there were some points, as you've heard me say, there are some points where I'm like, how does this make sense? Make this make sense. Make this make sense. How in the hell does people... How can you explain somebody getting shot in the neck? How do you explain this woman? This man. And it's still, it's still stuck with me. How in the fuck? How in the flying fuck do yeah. you explain him kicking a car door... To the point where it jerks our hands. So I'm like, this this movie makes no sense. And I love every minute of it. Because this is totally ridiculous. <laughs> what I really want to talk about is the end. Because the end... Okay, so we're oh going to fast forward. Because there's two parts about the end that really got me. So, Allison is at the foot of the stairs. Obviously, it looks like Michael's inching towards her. And he's about to kill her. So, Karen shows up in the nick of time. And she takes it upon herself to sort of uh, catch Michael off guard again. Cause, oh, the only Karen I'm happy to see. Right? <laughs> right? So she um, shows up out of the blue, uh, saves her daughter, and then is able to take Michael's mask off. And on another tip that is really crazy, she curb stomps him on the stairs. No. <laughs> she, Without mercy, she, she curb stomped him. On the stairs, on the stairs, takes off his mask. So this is going back to what I said earlier. Whenever it comes to, whenever it comes to like looking at Michael Myers, he's out of focus, but you can see the shape clear as day. So she takes off his mask and then is taunting him with it. So she is running about, so the house, if the house is north, if the house is, like, right in front, and then she's going towards other people's, like, yards and everything, so she's heading south or whatever, whatever direction. She's running away from the house through people's backyards. She's running, like, two blocks down. down exactly. Two blocks down the street and ends up in an alleyway. She drops his mask in the middle of the street, and then all the lights come on, and it's everybody in the town. It's all the men who are there. There's some women there. It's basically all the townspeople there to just basically... Uh, canonize uh, Michael. And if you don't know what canonizing is, it's when people in gangs jump new members in by beating the crap out of them. If if they last, they'll be fine. But there's no canonizing in this. They just basically jumped the hell out of Michael and tried to beat the shit out of him until he was dead. Shout out to the woman who brought an iron to the party. <laughs> she, got some, she got some shots in with that iron. Right. So now you're basically, this is supposed to be the feel good moment. You think this is it. This is done. This this is, you know, the end of Michael Myers. They're finally going to get him. Wrong. Wrong. So they beat that man down. He took like, what, six, five t- to six shots? He took five to six shots by Officer Brackett, who shot, because. No, 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 it wasn't Officer Brackett. It was that dude with the cheetah costume. He had a revolver. He had a revolver too. He shot him like five or six times. Right. Then Brackett, he was gonna shoot him in the head. Right. But because yeah. Officer Brackett, his daughter died in like what the first one? Yeah, the first one. Right in the one in nineteen seventy eight. He so, used to be Chief Brackett back then. Right. So 
What ends up happening next is, obviously, they're beating Michael down. He's being shot. He's being stabbed. Uh, he got hit over the back with, like, a two-by-four. He got beat in the face with an iron. His face was already curb-stomped. And then, when he goes to put on the mask, you can see the scarred part of his face. Like, the burn scars. The burn scars. Obviously, his eye is all butt-fucked up. You see that part. You never completely ever see his face. You never see Michael's face. The only time when you see Michael's face is probably two times. And that was the 1978 version when he was a kid. And then when Laurie took off his mask. But I don't understand. Like, the kid, he was blonde. But the adult, 21 Michael Myers, he was a brunette. No, no. He was a brunette. The kid? Yeah. That was a little blonde boy. No, he was a brunette. Hmm. But, um, I hate to say this, but certain genetics when it comes to kids, especially white kids, their hair color will change when they're younger and then it'll get progressively darker darker as they get older. Mm. It's a weird genetics thing. Oh, well. Yeah. You know more than me. Yeah. So, um, basically what ends up happening next is everyone is, like, kind of beating the crap out of him. Tommy Doyle tries to come in and get some shots. But they clearly underestimated a 61-year-old who is based upon, whose only motivation is to inflict fear and go home. Now, as they were beating him with the two-by-four and, you know, he's reaching for his knife, Karen picks it up and stabs him in the back, of the, in the, in the back you know, right. towards the spine area. Right. And then he's knocked out. Then Chief Brackett, you know, Karen leaves to go check on Allison. And, she, uh, I'm sorry, not Chief Brackett. Uh, Brackett, he tries to, he gets ready to shoot Michael in the back of the head. But this motherfucker wakes up. So he gets up, pulls the knife out, kills Brackett, and starts killing killing the whole neighborhood. Everybody. And it's like, I was legit watching this unfold, and I just sat there, and I was like, how? 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 Just explain to me how. Not only are you missing fingers, you got shot in the face, you've been stabbed, You've been shot numerous times. You took a brick to the face. Burned. You've been burned. And you still managed to kill everyone in that one area. Killed that whole neighborhood. Killed that whole neighborhood in the span of minutes. And I'm like, this is a six. Like I said before, I get stiff if I sit too long. This 61-year-old took major blunt force trauma. He took blunt force trauma to the back. He should not be standing. He should not be upbound. Hell, like, I know people that fall going up the stairs. (laughs) Going up the stairs. They fall going up the stairs. Meanwhile, Michael Myers is over here taking gunshots and burns and stabbings and is just ready to start killing motherfuckers. How? Just how? So, after he's done, you know, killing everybody and their mama, literally and figuratively. Rest in peace, uh, Iron Lady. Right. And then kills Tommy Doyle as well. So, he killed Tommy Doyle. So, there's that. (sighs) It's exhausting. (laughs) So, after that happens, you know, Lori is doing the voiceover about... Michael and fear and what he's done to these people for the past 40 years, which is just inflict this unstoppable terror and just just this unstoppable terror and fear. 
It can't get any simpler than that. This chaos. So they go back to the house because a lot of this movie also spends a lot of time like trying to figure out what his motive is. Because at first you think, oh, he's coming to kill Lori like it was in the second movie. But no, it's not that. He legit just wanted to go home. And Michael Myers was never, he was never after Lori in the first movie. Uh, Fake Loomis brought Michael to Lori's compound. That's why he was there. He wasn't there for Lori. He, I mean, he was just there to kill. Right. He just wanted to go home. If if we if you want to put it just point blank simple, he just wanted to go home. This was the, the shape was just a dude killing people, and Michael Myers just wanted to go home. But the shape took over every time when somebody got in his way. Mm-hmm. But I digress. So basically, you get to the second swerve. You get to the second swerve of this movie because it is a second swerve. So. In the front of the house, and this is another thing that really made me go like, make this make sense. So you get to the front of the house. Obviously, Allison is getting medical attention. And then Karen goes upstairs to go to Judith's room to try and figure out what he was staring at while he was looking out the window. Like, why is he always looking out of Judith's window? What is he staring at? What is he looking at? What is he just, what is he doing? So she goes back into the room and Michael, miraculously, even though being two blocks away, mind you, excuse me, he's two blocks away, ends up back in the house. I don't know how the fuck he got back in that house. Is there a back door to this house that I don't know? He, he, but here's the thing. If there is a back door to that house and he managed to sneak through the back door to get to the house, to get in the house, go up the stairs without anybody noticing. Because the only way, because when he left the house, it was in the front. So there was no way he could sneak past everybody being seen as big as he is wearing that fucking mask, that inverted William Shatner mask. (laughs) There's no way he could have just snuck into that house two blocks away without making a sound with all those people out in front. How'd he get back in that house? Because like, you still see the uh, the flashing, sorry, not the sirens, the flashing lights through the window. Exactly. So how the fuck he get back in that house? Like, that, that, that's, why I, that's why I go back to saying, what if this man had zombie Jason Powers teleporting and shit? Because this <laughs> man teleported behind Karen and then killed the hell out of Karen. Man, the shock of the century. The shock of the this man, this motherfucker legit. I'm still trying to figure out how the hell he get back in that house without without being noticed. Cause he would have had to go all the way around. Mm-hmm. He would have, cause I get it. He grew up in this neighborhood, so that may explain how he was able to maneuver all these like backways and alleyways. He he lived there, but. How the hell he get back in that fucking house? I will never know. I will never know. I honestly do not know how he was so inconspicuous and able to sneak back into this house, kill Karen, and that's how the movie ends. There's a lot of the, there's a lot of this. Mind you, like I said before, I said this in, in the beginning. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, but the sheer ridiculousness of most of these scenarios is what really made me laugh. And just just be a little bit overdramatic with how 
odd this movie is. I loved it. I loved every ridiculous part of this movie. I just have questions. Like, <laughs> you just... look at the logic behind it, like, how did, how did he do that? Exactly! He is just a man. How is this? He's a 61-year-old man taking gunshots and bricks to the face and still has enough energy to kill Karen at the end. And this movie is going to... And then Halloween end, ends, comes out next year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. So now, is it going to be the end? Are we finally... Because out of the original people in the movie, from 1978, mind you, the only one still left alive is Lori, Officer Hawkins. That's all I can remember. Yeah. Lori and Officer Hawkins. Those are the only two left. Lori and Officer Hawkins are the only two people left. If I miss somebody, please let me know either in a Twitter comment under this video that I post or like post it on Instagram. Please let me know. Because out of the original people. What's that? The, the one we had away at the park. Lindsay. Oh Lindsay. my God. I forgot Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay, fine. It's Lindsay, Lori. And Officer Hawkins. Those are the only people left. That's the only people left. I'm not counting Allison, who's still alive. I'm not counting... Uh, That's basically it. The the, the sheriff, the, the bar owner, everybody else pretty much dead, to be honest with you. Everybody else worth a damn is dead. Oh, the bar owner, he was funny as hell. What the hell going on out there? <laughs> Ooh, Tommy gonna fuck him up. <laughs> oh, but seriously, man. My final thoughts on this movie was, I thought it was brilliant. I, as much... Questions as I'm asking, I was highly entertained. Like, I kind of put this on the same level as Malignant. Like, this, like, it's original. I mean, kind of original. Also, uh, thank you for pointing out that season of the witch, like, thing with the mask. That's what I wanted to say, too. Um, when I was watching the trailer, now, Halloween 3 season of the witch was the Halloween movie that didn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. No. Just had those three dumbass masks. And yeah. when they brought him back, I geeked out so hard. <laughs> right. So I ended up watching, like I said before, uh, I, I saw the kill count and James and Janice was like, the uh, original plan was to make it like an anthology series. They were trying to like, kind of like a modern day version of like, like an old school, like original way of like doing like Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story and then trying to do, like, there's another anthology. Oh, uh, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Blind Manor. Kind of make it an, uh, an anthology series, kind of like The Twilight Zone. But, obviously, people, by the second movie, people were, like, clamoring for, like, more Michael Myers. Because he, I think what happened was, the character became bigger than the franchise. Which has often happened, because, like, Carrie said, like... When it comes to horror movies nowadays, it's like, oh, you want to watch... Like, the way she described it with her family is... They don't say, you want to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, you want to watch Freddy? You want to watch Jason? You want to watch Chucky? These characters became bigger than their franchises. I like how Chucky's first movie is called Child's Play. Yeah, and you don't... And you don't mention it as Child's Play. You just say, oh, let's watch Chucky. Uh Like, that's the the perfect example I was going to say. Like... 
I mean, aside from like, you never really call it the Leatherface, let's go watch Leatherface. It's like, let's, you say the actual, let's go watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The same thing for Scream, too. You don't say, let's go watch Ghostface. You see, let's watch let's Scream. Let's go Scream. I think it, 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 it depends. But out of the main four, when it comes to the pillars of horror, especially in the 80s when it had that resurgence, because like, you, you want to talk about the Universal Monsters, those are kind of like the original OGs, like the like the triple OGs, but I feel like what really brought like this level of quality to horror movies, especially, especially when it comes to practical effects and the way they do things, there's no bigger pillar like Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and Halloween. Yeah, you give an honorary mention to the Chain- Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I think that one came out first. Kind of did, yeah. Yeah, because I don't know which one came out first. I don't know if... Because... What made that one so interesting was the fact that you brought, I think I heard it somewhere, was like somebody had said, I can't remember where it was from, but somebody kind of described the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what made that more terrifying was the fact that it brought horror and it brought murder to the countryside. Because everyone was like watching these sort of horror movies and they always happened in big cities. Like Dracula is all about going from Romania to London, which is a major city. Um... It's about, like, all these horror characters going to these major cities and you never think, oh, this stuff can happen at, you know, on the country. Because it was quiet. Ed Gein, which was the inspiration behind the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was like, oh, yeah, this guy was basically murdering these people all in the countryside. Like, fucking Nightmare on Elm Street brought murder to suburbia. Like, this is, like, stuff that happens in the suburbs. You never hear about, like, the suburbs are, like, the quietest, like, no low-crime areas ever. They hardly ever murders. Oh, we're going we're gonna to talk about a... Wes Craven decided, hey, what if I decided to make a horror movie character that was a child murderer, and he came back and haunted kids' dreams and was murdering them, and it's in suburbia. In their dreams. In their dreams. Hell, Friday the 13th, let's have a murderous killer... Roaming a campground. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it was something different. You had the suburbs, you had the, the countryside, you right. had the small town. Yeah, it's like. Uh, Haddonfield is a small town, is it? Yeah, it's like supposedly a fictional suburb out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, once again, it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre definitely was the OG that started all this off and made it possible, but it's just, like, these characters eventually become bigger than their franchises. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was OG, but Halloween kind of set the foundation. Yeah. Because it set up that whole trope with the whole slashers and babysitters. Yeah, I feel like if this was, like, a house of horror, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the the contractor and then Halloween is the foundation and then basically like um Nightmare on Elm Street 
Child's Play, Friday the 13th are the pillars that hold up that house of horror. And everything else is just pretty much like either it works or it doesn't work or it was just branched off. Like if you want to talk about a tree, like not so much a house, but like a tree, definitely its roots would be like the universal monsters and everything like that. And then the, the sort of the, the, the whole trunk, the tree trunk is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then everything else is just different branches. Because mm-hmm. obviously, like, yes, Freddy, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is like a slasher, but it's also a supernatural slasher because the character itself is supernatural. Friday the 13th was like just your basic go-to slasher, but didn't become supernatural until afterwards. Which is 10 times better. I mean, I, I do like the uh, original Friday the 13th, but Zombie Jason is the motherfucking G. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In respect to that. But yeah, it's just... And then even Friday the 13th, there was no mention of Jason until the second one. Yeah, right, because it was his mom killing everybody in the first movie. Right. Uh, Jason didn't come out to the second one. Exactly. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of like when... It's kind of like it steps into the whole like Harley Quinn territory. Harley Quinn wasn't really an original character of Batman. She didn't become a bigger character until the 90s uh, TV series. The animated TV series at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, because Joker needed a sidekick. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I enjoy about, like, for me, when it comes to these horror movies, it's all about the story. And it's all about, like, how did you get to point A and point B? Like, look at the Conjuring series. Like, if you really wanted to be technical, if you would watch it in chronological order as how everything started, you would have to watch The Nun all the way to the final movie, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And then, like, see... The, the history of Annabelle and the creation of that and all that. And then if you want to get technical, talk about Insidious. Yeah, that, that supernatural horror is on a whole different level of horror. What would Hellraiser be? Supernatural horror? Yeah. Yeah, supernatural. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is supernatural because it deals with the whole ideas of demons and uh yeah demons because i ended up they hadn't done a kill count on that yet because there's so many movies i ended up watching another youtuber and he kind of explained all the movies from the beginning one to the most recent one and i feel his is a more in-depth just because i haven't seen james a janice's like input on it i watched this youtuber and i'll send you the link for it you don't have to watch it but his was more like okay we're explaining what's going on it's pretty much the same thing, but without the sort of more in-depth backstory behind it. But, yeah, it's definitely a supernatural horror. And it's really gross. Especially the first one. The first one's really gross. I've seen a lot of horror movies. Nightmare on Elm Street, Jaws, Aliens. I have not seen Hellraiser. I've seen... I've only seen the first Hellraiser. I haven't seen the second Hellraiser yet. But the first one... The first one's really good. It's very... Like... Clive Barker, I feel, is just one of those guys that kind of slipped under the radar. Like, Clive Barker is definitely up there with, like, a Stephen King and a Wes Craven and a John Carpenter. But I feel as though, like, when it comes to his stuff, his stuff is not as well known as, like, a Stephen King. Because, like, he's probably bigger in, like, say, London or England. Well, London, England. But he's kind of bigger in England than he is, like, kind of like with, like, Stephen King. But yeah, Clive Barker is definitely up there. He had another movie come out called uh, The Book of Blood, which is kind of like an anthology series I watched on Hulu. It's pretty interesting. His is very like, 
his version of horror is very just like more in your face. Like, we're definitely gonna like definitely show you like this is gonna get real creepy real quick. But that's the way he does his horror. And I, I appreciate that. It's still supernatural horror, but it's interesting nonetheless. So you got any uh it's like seven oh eight. But yeah. Uh do you have any like last minute thoughts on like Halloween kills? Kinda like what do you expect to happen and Halloween ends or Um, to be honest, uh when I was watching Halloween twenty eighteen, it was a good watch. It was a good movie. And when they said when they announced Halloween Kills, I was I didn't know how they were gonna continue the story. Mm-hmm. And now that they're ha- announcing Halloween ends, all I know that it's gonna be one hell of a movie. Because yeah. they're they're gonna have to try and top Halloween Kills, and just seeing what they do with that and how they progress with the story, mm-hmm. it's gonna be real interesting. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of this episode. Uh, Den- this has been Denzel. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RollMarterX. You can follow me on Instagram at RollMarterX. Um, that is R-O-L-E underscore or dash, I can't remember, M-A-R-T-Y-R uh, dash X. Uh, you can leave me comments, questions, share it with your friends, share it um, anywhere, like it, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. I mostly uh, upload my podcast to Anchor and Spotify, but yeah. I will catch you all on the next episode. Bye-bye.